0: Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. Now, normally I also have my co-host, Stephanie Hubka, but today it'll just be me and Vince. And of course, our uh, producer, Helena Hodges, who is our VP of Finance and Operations. So before we get started, welcome, Vince.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our conversation. Awesome. Thank
0: you. Well, uh, now again, before we get started uh, let's dive into your background and then we'll jump into, I mean, I'm excited about this topic using a chat box for a chat bot for workflow planning, but share a little bit about your background before we dive in.
1: Yeah. So I am a technologist, Uh, I love building technology, although, um, I went to, I went to university for music. Oh, (laughs) wow. Yeah, so I was a musician. I actually played the trombone, and um, actually, you know, there's some really interesting studies about how musicians and technologists have a lot in common. Just you know, thinking about multi-dimensional things, and yeah. Um, so after I finished, uh, no one really told me, Christina, that musicians don't make a lot of money. It's really hard to support <laughs> <What>? a family <laughs> as a musician, especially as a trombonist. Uh-huh. So long story short, I um, after my college degree. I got into tech in the mid nineties, fell in love with it. I found that building technology, you can be just as creative as the creativity in as an, as an artist. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've been spending the last 25 years or so building technology, building software and building companies along the way.
0: I love that. Yeah. I know it's, it's seemingly two separate things. Like I started out in violent crime analysis and then I do professional development. So, and it seems like, Two totally unrelated things, so I totally relate that there are a lot of connections. And isn't there like a, a, a mathematical basis for music as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. lot of where there's some comparisons, especially if you like think about orchestrations and all the different voices and you know everything. Yeah, yeah there's a there, that's a whole different podcast that we can get into. <laughs>
0: I know, huh. <laughs> Whole other thing. Well, so let's get into the topic at hand. Uh, first of all, for those of us that are just regular everyday TD professionals, what exactly is a chatbot?
1: A chatbot is really any computer simulated conversation, and they take many forms. And so I think mm-hmm. this is a really it's really good to sort of set the definition because a lot of us have had experience with chatbots as consumers, where you'll go to some mm-hmm. website, maybe your bank's website, and a little web widget will pop open. Um, sometimes it, it feels annoying so we x out of it, but if we have agent, a question. Agent yeah, agent. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, that's a use case where a company's trying to just try to save some money and also help yeah. get an answer on you know, through automation. A lot of chatbots that that will be focused on talking today are not that type of user experience. Um, so, you, you can have a chatbot anywhere a human uses a messaging channel. So, if you think about mm. in the United States, you know, it's common for us to use SMS, to use, you know, Facebook Messenger, to use yeah. Instagram Messenger, anywhere you can. I use Zoom or, you know, Microsoft Teams, anywhere you can message someone else. You can have a computer also message someone else. Mm. And that is. A really That's a really interesting way to think about a chatbot. Can you create a virtual persona who can develop some sort of relationship, can be a professional relationship with with somebody and then send them automate the messages the messaging. so automating nudges or reminders or or assessments or sending learning materials. So that that's automating that type of messaging, I think is really an interesting technology to help people as they progress and learn.
0: Nice. Now, before we get into all the benefits and stuff, let's, st- let's identify what exactly is uh, workflow learning, how we're using it today.
1: Yeah. So from my perspective, um, it's, so I'm, I'm in the middle of doing a task. I'm in the middle of my job. And, um, so the way, the way that I view that term, and this is a, a probably a biased view is that if I get stuck, or I need some help, or I'm hesitant, um, or maybe I'm doing a task in a way I know it's not supposed to be done, but it's the way I'm comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. So any of those sort of friction points when I'm trying to do my job, I need some help. I need some learning and a real-time on-demand learning, and that can come in lots of forms. It could mm-hmm. come like I like could if I'm working in a call center, I could lean over and ask my neighbor, I could call my supervisor over. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of the definition of I'm in the flow of work, and I need some help.
0: Okay, I love it. So let's put them together. Chatbots for workflow learning. So let's start with um, what do you think the benefits?
1: I think, oh, gosh, so um, if you so I think you have to imagine a scenario and the scenarios can be different based on the type of um type of job that you have so mm-hmm. if I'm um, so let's say that uh, I'm a new hire and I'm I'm I think we all can relate to that we all were new yeah. hires at one point and you know we're eager we want to make sure that uh, we that people know that we belong that we deserve this job and so imagine that scenario and you're on a conference call when your very first conference calls on your first week of work and people are starting to use, you know, all these unfamiliar terms, maybe acronyms, we all are, oh, industries yeah. where there's just too many acronyms. Mm-hmm. So as a new hire, am I going to like stop the conference call and say, wait a minute, I don't know what these acronyms mean. <laughs> of course, you know, we're not, we're going to like, hopefully catch up later. Yeah. So imagine in that scenario, where you knew that your company offered a chatbot on Microsoft Teams or something where it's on your desktop, you could just quickly type in, what is that mm-hmm. acronym? And, and In the flow of that conference call, you're getting the immediate answers from the chatbot. I don't have to interrupt anyone. I don't have to go Google anything. It's just right there. And I know that because it's the company's chatbot that the information is correct. That is a scenario where I think hopefully you can see some of the benefits. It gives you instant access to the answers that you need. It provides an anonymity that makes you feel safe. Yes, which I think is really great. I can ask the chatbot a hundred times what the acronym is, and I'm not going to feel embarrassed about it. Um, and so I think those are some of the. And it's really easy. It's so frictionless. I don't have to go log in somewhere. I don't. Have, I'm already on Teams. I'm already on this conference call. So I think those are some of the main benefits.
0: I love it. Now, um, we talked earlier about some of the ways that they're used in the commercial world, you know, when us as customers, agent, agent, agent. So what are some misuses maybe of chatbots in the workflow
1: of learning? I think that, um, you know, uh, the, the, there's two common misuses I I, I see. Mm -hmm. The first is that Hollywood has done us a little bit of a disservice by portraying really really smart and emotionally intelligent ai figures They're on the taking big over the
0: world yes <laughs> that's right
1: you know and so you know i think of like c3po from star wars mm-hmm. or you know like um, uh, you know uh, iron man's jarvis mm-hmm. you know uh, computers are not that smart we don't have to worry about them no. taking over the world <laughs> quite yet but so the one m- misuse i see is that people try to make chatbots smarter than they really can be and so mm-hmm. you kind of joke agent 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 the reason why people just want to get to an agent is that they've likely had a bad experience with some ai like i don't i don't want to mess with this yeah and so i think to have the chatbot have a very specific use case where it can be successful 99.9% of the time is like a really important best practice the second misuse is that it can be very addictive to know. One of the big challenges that talent development people have is how do we reach our audience? Mm-hmm. You know, they don't read our emails. They, don't, they ignore the flyers we put in the break room. All of a sudden, when you have this chat button, you're able to reach people whenever you want, you can get overzealous. Yes. <laughs> and then that can start to get annoying. So I think having some discipline about pacing the messages where it's just enough, um, mm-hmm. I think is uh, a really important use. And being abusive of that power is a misuse. Yes.
0: Well, and you mentioned, you just mentioned a best practice. What are some other best practices for folks who want to start using these?
1: Uh, I think to have a balance between having the... So one of the biggest best practices is, is put anywhere you where... Where people can message each other. Almost all of those platforms allow for chatbots to be plugged in. I'm using Microsoft Teams as an example just because it's mm-hmm. so common. But Slack and Google Chat and WebEx Teams, these are also really other common platforms. So one best practice is put the chatbot where people already are. Yes. Don't have them go somewhere where they have to log in, create a download something, create a username and password. Just make it as frictionless as possible. That's one best practice. The second is to balance. Um, I'm going to borrow a term from marketing. Um, balance push versus pull. So push means scheduling triggers. So it's really awesome for a chatbot to send reminders and hold learners accountable. But also to to uh, to uh, populate that chatbot's brain with on-demand content, just like the acronym example I mentioned earlier, FAQs. You can put in a whole knowledge bases in the chatbot so that the learner knows that they that they'll get reminders from this chatbot but also at any time they can ask it questions and get help that they need
0: I like that and it sounds like to giving uh users some control over like what notifications they receive what they don't
1: yeah I think that there's there's a there's a second layer of, of practices that I think are really good and you that's a great suggestion Christina where you can program the chatbot where the user can set preferences so like the chatbot could say hey I'm gonna I'm going to you're a new hire I'm going to help you be successful I'm going to send you tips and best practices. What day of the week would you like them or what mm. time of day is best for you And so that the user can set those things. And that and along those lines put some personality behind the chatbot. Don't get too cheeky. Yeah. But, you know, you can have these <laughs> chatbots and emojis and little animated gifts and you know, give people positive intrinsic emotional, you know, emotion response emotional responses we have found actually to be a huge, a huge benefit. It's, it's maybe a less obvious benefit, but, um, you know, work can be so stressful. And so anything that's going to make us smile or feel warmer and fuzzy is going to be a good thing.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny is when you said that, um, what popped into my head and I'm aging myself totally, I think it was windows 95, like these little, uh, like a little dancing paper clip would jump up and help you with something. <laughs> so was that essentially I, I a, a like first generation chatbot for. Oh learning? yeah, Clippy.
1: I think you're talking about Clippy. Yeah, and
0: something. Yeah. Absolutely, I can't <laughs> absolutely. And
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of best practice you can draw from Clippy and and those types of um, uh, automated helps. You know, mm-hmm. they've been around for a long time, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, until you said that, I didn't even realize. Wait a minute, I remember using one like twenty years ago. (laughs) Uh huh. So let's say someone's like sold. I want to get started. What do you suggest they they do to get started?
1: Yeah, so um, there are several different chatbot platforms out there. Um, Of course, I'm I'm biased. I that's what I do right now. So Mm -hmm. my company is called Mobile Coach, and we specialize in chatbots for um, learning use cases. Um, but also each, like if, if you're a Microsoft Teams, if your company uses Microsoft Teams, Microsoft has a chatbot, um, engine in their Azure platform. Mm-hmm. Um, Google has the same thing. And so there are different chatbot, um, platforms out there. Some tend to be pretty technical. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be, you know, a lot, oftentimes talent development professionals don't have budget to get IT staff onto their projects. I find that. You know, that's a whole nother topic too. right? Yeah. <laughs> if organizations are committed to talent development and we're just live in such a technology centric world, we have to have more IT resources. But anyway, I digress. If um <laughs> and, and so to find finding some do-it yourself um um platforms is you know it's possible. So and also if anyone wants to reach out to me, I actually have a little um slide with like ten different chatbot providers. I'd be happy to oh, send nice. people.
0: And how can they do that?
1: My email address is vince at mobilecoach.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn, Vince Han. Perfect.
0: And we'll make sure that some of the stuff gets into the uh, episode description as well. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So what else do you want our listeners to to know about chatbots and using them in in workflow uh, learning?
1: I think that um, if you stop and think about are there conversations that people are having in our organization over and over and over again? Mm. That's like a little indicator to say, oh, that could be a great use case for a chatbot. So that's one thing to have people think about. The second thing to have people think about is if I could clone myself and help the people that I care about, you know what, what kinds of things would I be doing if I just run out of time? Um, that's another A great indicator that where a chatbot could be helpful. Chatbots aren't going to be end-all, be-all for all things, but those are two good introspective questions to ask yourself. Ask yourself, and if there if there are pain points, if you start, if you feel pain when you ask yourself those two questions, then you might be ready to implement a chatbot.
0: Oh, I like that. Now what else I I was thinking as you were talking, um, what, and I know you shared a little bit of the onboarding, which sounds amazing. What is the best use of a chat bot that you have seen if you had to choose?
1: Oh oh boy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think, uh, you know, in the age of this great resignation and the age where Mm. employee turnover and retention is so important, um, I do think helping new hires get acclimated, get comfortable, develop enough comfort where there's a level of loyalty is a huge, huge. I, th- I think that's where chatbots can deliver a lot of ROI for an organization. Yeah. I also see um, a wonderful use case in reinforcing training. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of programs today are spaced learning, which is great, um, but reinforcing you know, those activities in between holding people accountable. So our training reinforcement use case is really great. And then finally, I think that a chatbot is, to me, the ideal platform for microlearning. Mm-hmm. So if you have a microlearning initiative, um, this a chatbot's a great way to deliver these bite-sized learning activities. Um, again, because you're not asking people to go somewhere to a learning system that they barely remember or can't remember their credentials. You can just yeah. deliver it right to there right to their device.
0: I love that. Make it easy. Yeah. And also what what that brought up for me too is, is there a, like, on a, like a, when you, you know, like when you go into uh, like Google analytics, there's stats on what people are searching for and, um, you know, maybe fails or, or what, is there like a backend on that for chatbots where you can get the data and you can refine
1: the system? Yeah, absolutely. So that I, I always use, the Google Analytics as an example too, Christina, when mm-hmm. I'm talking about the data that a chatbot can get. So a Google Analytics gives you all the data about, you know, what people are doing on your website. Um, on the mobile coach platform, we have a very similar dashboard where you can see what people are doing with your chatbots. How long oh. does it take for them to respond to a question? What kind of things are they searching for? What type of acronyms are the most popular? You know, what types of questions are, are they asking? Um, what times of day do you see the best engagement? who's wow. opting out how often are they opting out now, why are they opting out you know and so you can also use a chatbot as a great assessment tool or an alternative yeah. to a survey monkey because it's just conversational so you can go into the dashboard and see how people are answering different questions and so it can be of course that that data is where you're going to see roi and also it's that data that's going to help you improve the chatbot because you can mm-hmm. you can see, hey look people are more responsive in the morning than the afternoon so you know, let's stop asking questions in the afternoon. So you can improve, um, improve the experience for your audience.
0: I love that. Well, and I can also see how you can use that data for so many different things to help the organization.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, we've had, we've had clients come back and say, we've learned, we, we thought we knew our people. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> but after we've people interacting with the chat, we've learned a lot of things because some people will, you know, in, in some regards, it's easier to be more honest to a computer than to a human being.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Because you, like you said before, you feel that uh, anonymity. Anim- yeah,
1: if I said anonymity. that right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I always flood that word myself. <laughs>
0: Now in addition to uh mobilecoach.com uh, are there other resources you suggest people so go to so that they can let's say they don't have a chatbot they can ask <laughs> uh, to learn more about using uh chatbots and implementing them
1: Oh um well there's a lot of um there's a lot being written about chatbots and so I would just sort of I I think that it's important to choose a use case that you're interested in with chatbots because chatbots is sort of like googling artificial intelligence and yeah so many subcategories thinking. yeah and so choose a use case that you're interested in and i think uh, doing a google search around that you'll you, you'll you'll find some good resources
0: okay awesome I love that. Yeah. Like chatbots for micro learning or chatbots mm-hmm. for... Yeah. Nice. Onboarding, which sounds like it's a amazing best practice. Well, I think we could probably dive into this for... A, I mean, like you said, it's a huge area. But we're going to let the listeners go do some more research because we need to get to our rapid fire questions. <laughs> so rapid fire questions, they're, they're, they're pretty easy, less than 60 seconds to respond for each one. Are you ready?
1: I, I think so. Let's do
0: it. <laughs> You're like okay. The buildup was a little scary. <laughs> okay, so what is uh, the uh, what is one book that you would recommend for everyone and why?
1: Uh, so this one I've always uh, I, so this one is an easy one for me. It's there's a book called Daniel uh, by Daniel Kahneman called Thinking Fast and Slow. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I first read it. Oh gosh, maybe ten years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I've read it a couple times since, and it's just a marvelous resource to help. Human beings are weird, you know. We're <laughs> we do a lot of weird things, <laughs> and sometimes if we don't understand why, we can be really frustrated in our personal personal relationships too. Absolutely. And that book just helped me sort of step back and understand. Dan Kahneman's a Nobel Nobel prize-winning, um, social, uh, social psychologist, sociologist. So it was just a great framing of how, you know, why we do the crazy things that we do.
0: Yeah. It, it helps you all over the place. I love that book too. Awesome yeah. recommendation. Okay. What is one tool and you can loosely define tool, however you would like, what is one tool that you can't live without?
1: So I am, i'm gonna i came up with a a funny one but this is only because it's completely honest Mm -hmm. Um, so i'm i'm 51 i don't know i don't consider myself old but about six months ago i bought a senior shoehorn oh so so this is like a 30 inch shoehorn and i put it Uh by my door it has changed my life to be able to put my shoes on with this long shoe, I, can't, I recommend it to everybody. Like it's been so awesome to put, to, you know, I don't know. It just it's um, that it, it, it's kind of funny. So anyway, <laughs> I would recommend a long shoehorn for anyone that uh, awesome. keeps putting their shoes on enough. And, and and then from a technology perspective, um, I, I'll just you know share that I I mm. also le- recently have really embraced Loom, which is sort of the, the screen Loom. capture, uh, video capture tool. And that's been super helpful at work just to be able to share my screen, make a quick video, send someone a link so they can see when I'm describing something or it's been really awesome for collaboration. So shoehorn and loom.
0: (laughs) So it sounds like both tools really increase your efficiency
1: and your effectiveness. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't have to bend over for either of them.
0: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Okay. So what is the best piece of advice you have ever
1: received? So I am a runner, uh, Uh, long distance runner. I ran my first, I've done like 14 marathons and I ran my first 100 mile race earlier this year. Wow! I just love everything about running and running can be tough. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: um, one of my favorite professional runners, um, preaches a a mantra that says, run the mile you're in. So, um, so like, for example, you could be in a 30 mile race and in mile six, you'd be thinking, Boy, it's got 24 miles left. There's no way I can finish it. Yeah. So rather than expending that energy, you just focus on well, just run the mile I'm in. And I find that that advice translates really well into life. Yes. Where I can get distracted or it can be stressful thinking about next week or next month or next year, but if I just focus on today mm-hmm. and what I'm doing and run the mile I'm in, um, that's just been really helpful. So that's that's the piece of advice that um, I've really appreciated receiving.
0: Oh, oh, that's awesome. And that's a perfect way to end this. Thank you so much for joining us today, Vince. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you. And of course, we need to thank our listeners, uh, our listening community for participating. Now, before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges.
1: Whether you are a member of our chapter or not, we have resources for you. Go to dcatd.org and choose the chapter bulletin board to read our blog, access the member spotlight, and learn more about how TD professionals spend their time.
0: Follow the Metro DC chapter of ATD on LinkedIn today.